I'm going to talk. Um, yeah, a few weeks ago, uh, Mike asked me to, to, to preach on this, and then a couple of weeks ago I read it, and I was like, oh, crap, do I have to? <laughs> like, curse you, Mike Sayers! Um, yeah, this is a good one. Um, yeah, what I'm talking about tonight, a lot of people are bummed with, and, and frankly, the reasons that they're bummed with this passage, I think are good reasons to be bummed with anything. Um, but it's interesting. Mike, incidentally, is a, is in Seattle. He's in Seattle. He's probably no. He's probably done. I think Scum Seattle just just finished. But Mike preached there tonight. Although Zach always listens to the podcast. So so everybody say hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Yeah, did you hear that, Zach? <laughs> Sweet. Anyways, hi, family. Hope you guys are good. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold on to this. Um. Yeah, I'm just going to start. I'm gonna, we're going to read this a couple times because it's going to, hopefully the first time, take some shock factor out of it. And then uh, and then we can get on with it. But, uh, yeah, Bruce, we got it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. All right. So, yeah, the, the three is actually chapter three, verse one. We're doing First Peter, uh, which we have been doing. Um, and this is, uh, this is the first seven verses of chapter three, and I'm just going to read it to start out with wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hair, hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right. Do not give away to fear. Husbands, the same way. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. All right. You see why I'm not stoked on to, to preach this tonight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. My notes are all wanked up. All right. How am I going to? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Am I about not to be too bad? Yes, okay. All right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Weaker vessel. What the crap is that? What a pig. Now, if you guys remember, Peter is not my favorite guy in the Bible. <laughs> and now some of you are like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a douche canoe. <laughs> Douche canoe, it's a good, it's a good word. It's from the, I actually got this. I, I didn't give my inspiring works to Bruce, but you know how I always put those inspiring works at the end of my uh, sermon? Uh, there's, there's, there's one blog you have to check out. It's called The Worst Missionary Ever. Um, it's this girl, Jamie, and that's where I got the term douche canoe. Um, but she is awesome. She is, she is very honest, very insightful about the Christian life, and it's pretty sweet. Anyway, The Worst Missionary Ever. Look it up. Yeah, 
<laughs> the thing is, the more I looked at this, I read some secular books. I read, uh, I read the Bible a lot. When you consider all that's to be considered about this pack passage, Peter's actually really progressive. So, come with me. Consider all that's to be considered. And come with me as I pray. All right? Let's pray together. Let's invite understanding. Um, hopefully we get a little smarter and less, less dumber and less pissed. All right. God, thanks for the day. Um, I miss some friends. Take care of them all. Take care of Mike. Um, take, care of, take care of the Bronco safeties. I think the, the pressure valve passes are going to be our problem tonight, so take care of them. Uh, take care of Justin at his show. Um, just take care of all of our friends, our brothers and sisters who aren't here. Right now, be with us to help us out. Send your spirit. Um, we need understanding. God, this seems piggish. I know you're not a pig. I really do. I know you, God, the father of the whole universe that made everything. I know that you're not a pig. And I've had disagreements with you before, and you've proved me wrong. And I think you've done it with me again here. And, yeah, show us. Show us your truth that people might be loved, that you might be honored, that life might be better down here. And if it's not too much more to ask, may it be a good time, too. All right. We love you a lot. Amen. All right. So I'm going to start with context. Context is huge. And especially here, um, the context that is most important tonight is the cultural context, because it was strange. This is uh, written about 63, 64 AD, so Greco-Roman classical uh, history stuff. And, uh, yeah, for as much as it's held up, it's kind of a mess. Um, particularly in the, in the situation of uh, gender. <laughs> Man. Um, yes, women were not esteemed highly in this culture. Um, yeah, I mean, in Greece at this time, a woman seen by herself was just assumed to be a prostitute. What? <laughs> Women were property. You got you were given in marriage, given in marriage when you were like twelve or thirteen years old. Ah. And the the infanticide was 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 ridiculous. I mean, so many little girls killed a few minutes into their life. And this was not this was not covered up. I mean writers, classical writers would write about the, like, it's, it's common to see little girl babies just kind of discarded in the alley. They had this excavation of, of, what, they, of what was like a really old uh, sewer, and it was like super plugged up, and it was plugged up with babies' bodies. <laughs> what the crap? I mean, eventually, I mean, you know, the Roman Empire, you know, fell. And one of the main reasons that they talked about was the fertility rate. They were having issues. They didn't have enough girls. 
They were getting rid of him. It was not a good place to be. Females didn't work. Uh, pagan men could, or non-Christian men could divorce at will. But Christianity turned out to be a big deal. Because there's so much that Christianity put in the face of the pervasive non-Christian culture. Women could marry who they wanted. Gas. <gasps> yes. How revolutionary. Uh, um, abortions and killing your babies was frowned upon by Christians. Uh, Christian women could hold office as, as, as deacons and as influential people. This is weird. This is out there. So there was some interesting ratios going on. There was an extremely high, high occurrence of men in non-Christian circles, which was the, the main circle. In Christians, in Christianity and church, there was lots of girls. And a lot of them just converts from, from Mormon society. Like, from them, you know, looking over the fence, like, that's better. <laughs> I'll do that. And it was definitely behind their, their husband's back. But the thing is, it wasn't hard to go behind your husband's back back then because husbands avoided their wives, just generally. I mean, it's like all through classical literature, like women were hard, so you just avoided them. <laughs> so, yeah, it was easy to go behind your husband's back and, and join the crazy Christians. So, yeah. This is a huge backdrop. Also, there's uh, some, some context as far as the, the literature goes. Um, this whole thing starts out, wives in the same way. In the same way, that's, that's, a, that's a big quote. We have to pay attention to that. Basically, it's, it's referring to the past couple sermons that, uh, that Adam did a couple weeks ago and then Mike did last week. Um, what they were talking about was being treated unjustly. And what you do in the face of that. And it was. It was about submission, about bearing up under suffering unjustly. So, in that same way, tonight. <laughs> um, so, let's get into it. As, as I was uh, writing this sermon, I found, well, actually, let's read it again, okay? You guys cool with that? Let's read it again. Now that we've got some more context, it might be a little bit more illustrated. Maybe we're over some of the lightning rods. Um, <laughs> that are in there. So I'm going to read it again. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, remember there's a lot of this occurrence, an unusually high occurrence in this culture. They may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come just from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. 
For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right. Do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So yeah, as I was writing this sermon, I found the trail of reasoning, uh, the path of logic, easier to follow, starting with the exhortation to the husband. So we're going to start in seven. And that exhortation is, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. This is a zinger back then. Husbands are like, wait, wait, what? Isn't that sad? (laughs) Consider them? What do you mean? What what do you mean? This is huge. And as enlightened as we are 2,000 years later, I don't know. I'll admit, I don't do this all the time. And I don't see it happen a lot. How often, husbands, do you consider your wives? Do you think in complete sentences about your wife? Oh, if I did this. Huh? <laughs> no. Oh, if I did this, her life would be a heck of a lot better today. Things would go smoothly for her and thus me and everyone in my house. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Consider. Think about your wife. They didn't back then, but we do now. Empathize. Try and understand your wife without expecting to be understood in return. Just try to understand. Your priority, husbands, is considering your wife and respecting them as the weaker vessel, as the weaker partner. That's the line that stings, right? This is the one that I'm like, what? I mean, if I was a woman, I'd be like, I'm a what now? And then the guys are like, oh, gosh, please, 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 can we talk about anything else right now? But we have this, it's such a lightning rod. Like I said, like, we, we kind of forget what we just read, and we stop listening to what is read afterwards. Let's read this together. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you. Back then, yeah, they were the weaker partner because of the society. Holy crap. They were vehemently weakened. They were actively weakened. So respect them. Well, I mean, it's saying basically respect them because their hill to climb is steeper than yours. And they get the same stuff that you get here in these doors. In these church doors, they are heirs just like you are. They get the same stuff and the same respect. Yet their lives suck more than yours does. Respect.
Another thing is like, yes, with all these non-Christian husbands in the mix, maybe not even, maybe not totally there, but I mean, you run into, you know, Susie's husband. Susie's just converted a few weeks ago, and her husband. Oh yeah, I met him, Glenn. And Glenn is still in this classical culture where he doesn't give a he doesn't care about his wife. Your example is huge, gigantic. If you can make this look awesome, if you can make this look inviting, the effect that that has is gigantic. And I don't think we're far from that here in our cultural context. Marriage is, I don't know, kind of held, (laughs) kind of respected. Man, if you're married, make it look good. Because it is good. It's hard. It's a harder life. It's harder to be married than to be single. I've done them both. (laughs) So you know. (laughs) But it's better. I mean, it's just like being a Christian. It's harder being a Christian than not being a Christian. But it's better. Keep that up. Keep remembering that. Oh, yeah, this is better. I like this. I would be bummed if I didn't have my wife. So let's, let's, let's keep on going. Let's go to the women's stuff. Lots of Christian women. Not so many non-Christian women. Wait. Yeah. So unbelieving husbands were much more common. So, yeah, this, this, this first couple of verses make more sense. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So that, I mean, the purpose of this, if any of them don't believe the word, they may be won over without words by your behavior. I think this, I mean, this is the point that Peter was bringing up here. Make it look good. Wives, this is your responsibility too. Love it. Be cool. Be lovable. <laughs> Be considerable. I know a lot of people that make this hard. Um, <laughs> it's like, my husband's supposed to respect me. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm respecting you for a different reason right now. Um, no. I'm going to move on a little bit. Submission. That's, that's another lightning rod, right? Submit! What? No. I can understand. But I'm also going to borrow from, from Adam's sermon again. Because he talked about submission and he gave a very good definition. Submission, well, I'm basically going to say what submission is not. Submission is different from obedience. They overlap. Submission and obedience overlap, but they are not synonyms. Submission is only outwardly practiced when? It is outwardly practiced when there is conflict, when there's disagreement. And no matter what context you're supposed to be submitting. And in the scriptural context, just the, the, the few, several verses before this said, submit to a lot of people. Not just women to, or husbands to, or dang it, <laughs> wives to their own husbands. And own husbands is a big deal. 
Submit to your own husband. That is, this, this gets abused. I've seen this abused in churches where women are supposed to admit or submit to any husband around. It's like, but scripturally it says your own husband. Just your own husband. Danae, don't submit to me. Okay? All right? We're good. We're good. Again, submission comes into play when there's conflict. A good example of a couple doing this is Dave and Scarlett. They do this, and they do it well, and they like it. But Dave, Dave, Dave says all the time, like, this doesn't happen very often. We don't have to get to a submission place because we're on the same team. We're trying to do the same stuff. We are an effective team. You guys see Oblivion? I liked it. Did you? It's kind of weird. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Anyways, they say effective team. You should see it. Anyways, um, are you an effective team? Are you trying to do the same stuff? Maybe not. But I got more. I'm going to say more about that later. All this, uh, this wives submit, husbands love your wives stuff is also mentioned by Paul. He writes letters too. Um, Paul mentions it in Ephesians 5. And, and much more eloquently, I would say. He uses a lot more verses. And, uh, and he illustrates it. He compares the husband-wife relationship to the Christ as Lord and the church. All of Christians' relationship. The wives are like the church, and the husbands are like Christ. And this is huge. This is big deal. This is where the tables turn, and, you, and the, in my head, I was like, oh, I would rather be the wife now. How did Christ love the church? Tenaciously, obsessively. To the point he got himself dead. He laid down his life for us. Husbands, we are to lay down our lives for our wives. That is what we should be obsessing over. Also, at the beginning of, of Paul's talk about it, talk about or treatment of this, of this subject, it says everybody submit to everybody. The whole thing starts out with submit yourselves to one another as to Christ. So everybody submit to everybody. So you have to submit to me a little bit, Danae. But I have to submit to you a little bit too. So we're good. <laughs> So, that's a little asterisk, but keep that in mind. Um, but husbands, try. Try. Just try to be as cool as Jesus. It's hard. Wives, you're like, oh, yeah, I can submit to Jesus, but my husband's not nearly as cool. <laughs> I like him. I like him around, but he's just not as good as Jesus. Husbands, try. <laughs> try for her. Jesus loved us so well. He, all he was concerned about 
was making our lives better. Let me lay this out some more, put some of these truths that I've been spouting together. If we husbands are loving our lives like Jesus loves us all, then we are obsessed with making our wives' lives better. And that will pretty much make submission kind of a non-issue. Because it should be clear that you are laying your life down for her. And remember that I said the only time that submission practically comes out is when there's conflict? Are you an effective team stuff? Well, at the risk of a little bit of oversimplification, the only time you guys should be disagreeing is when you're discussing what's better for the wife. Huh? The only disagreements you should be you should be having is like what the wife likes better. For my wife and I, it's who's the better 80s girl band. I say the Go-Go's, my wife says the Bangles. Laying my life down for her means we listen to the Bangles. The go-go's aren't so bad. She likes the go-go's too. <laughs> um, I actually do. Have, I have a better example. <laughs> That's not the only example. Yeah. Uh, is that is when we were buying a house. Woo, buying a house. Uh, not my favorite thing. Kind of my wife's favorite thing. Um, yeah, when we when we bought our house. We looked at stuff, and and my wife found a favorite, and it was. I mean. Second place was a distant second. She was all about this house. It was cool. It was cute. Had the you know the old little tiny tiles in the bathroom, and yeah, it was charming. Um, and it was it was a corpse. <laughs> uh, it was pretty, but that was just the lipstick on the corpse. Uh, <laughs> I knew this 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 house was not going to make my wife happy. It was going to be a mess. Um, it was also small. It, it, I mean, it, it, would ha- it had room for us and, and some other people. We didn't have kids yet. But if we had kids, we weren't going to have much more room for people. And I know that my wife values community, having people live with us and to be over at our house all the time. And this is not the conversation that I wanted to have with my wife. But I knew I could see what would make her happy better than she could in this moment. I didn't just say, okay, this is, we're not getting this house, we're getting that house. No, I communicated, Jess, I know that you care about this. And I know that you care about this. And I know that you care about this. The house that you want isn't going to give you that as much as this other house will. And she wasn't happy about it. (laughs) But she, I communicated that I loved her and that I wanted to give her what she wanted. Um, And she decided to submit and say, okay, let's let's get that other house. That's the house that we have now. Come over tomorrow night. Paula, get our house tomorrow night. Every Monday night. Sweet. If she would not have submitted, if she said, no, I still want this other house, I would have, we would have bought that other house. 
This, this is one time that I think I did it right. I did okay. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm a guy. Guys can live in cellars and be fine. <laughs> I wanted my wife to be happy. I wanted her to be alive and I wanted her to be free to pursue things that makes her alive. So we went that way. A big deal in all of this is that communication. I said, I see that you value this. I know this about you and I know what you love. Guys, you got to do that. Because frankly, I know that you guys do a lot of stuff for your wives. You don't always say so. And so you don't look as cool. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you kind of got to toot your own horn. Just to be clear. To say, no, yeah, I love you. And the reason I'm doing this is because it will make your life better. I'm taking today off. I am totally going around by myself, riding my motorbike or whatever. Because tomorrow, I'm totally going to hang out with the family. I don't want to be so much better. I'm either going to be, you're either going to get burnt out me today, <laughs> and I get my day off tomorrow, or I get my day off today, and you get awesome me tomorrow. Communicate. Say, this is why I'm doing stuff. And if you're not thinking about this stuff, start thinking about the stuff. Guys, start considering your wives if you don't. And if you do, explain it. Because we don't always make sense <laughs> to our wives. Okay, I don't always make sense to my wife. I guess I'm kind of projecting that on you. Maybe you guys do make sense to your wife, but I don't make sense to my wife, so I have to explain myself. Anyways, let's keep moving. Uh, now, uh, the verses 3 through 6, kind of broken up a little bit. Honestly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I went pretty long this morning. Um, I just don't have a lot of time for this, and it's actually kind of weird for a dude to say, um, as if the rest of the sermon isn't. Um, my, my buddy Nick from Montana is like, I'll give you a dollar if you wear a shirt that says girls have cooties tonight. <laughs> I was like, make it 20. <laughs> uh, anyways, here's my summary of three through six. Don't just be fun to look at. Be fun to be with, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to get a little deeper, uh, make your guy want to sacrifice for you. Be rad. Like I said, be lovable. Make him want to sacrifice his life for you, lay his life down for you. Have a gentle and quiet spirit. Do the right thing. Because we always know what that is. And don't give in to fear. And if you want an example here, talk to the Crofts. Talk to Amy and, and Jim Croft. Because, man, it was rough. I mean, Jim will be the first to admit he was class A douche canoe. But he got better. He figured it out. And it was a lot because... Amy did this stuff. She was rad and rad for years without any sort of payback. But they're they they're in love with each other now. And it's rad. It's kind of it's a little gross 
sometimes. <laughs> like, you guys really, really love each other. <laughs> so, yeah, talk to them. Now, I don't, yeah, I, I want to zoom out now. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I'm landing the plane. Um, I'm, I'm going to zoom out a little bit because I, I, I want to make this applicable to us all. Whether you're on the husband's side or the wife's side or the, I don't have anybody yet, Jesse, thank you very much, side. I think, I think it just falls in line with what we've been talking about in Peter. Give away your rights. Give away your rights. Don't give up your rights. Subtle. I know. Like, oh, thanks, Jesse. I won't punch you in the face. And then I'll punch you in the face. No, 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 no. Giving up your rights, giving up your rights is powerless. It's just throwing them in the wind and letting them fall wherever so that rats and terrible people and politicians take them. <laughs> Willy nilly. No, giving away your rights. That's powerful. That's on purpose. I've got rights. I'm going to use them for somebody else. This is what Christianity does. That's what it's rad. That's why I signed up for this freaky religion. Then I found Jesus and, and God and this whole spiritual thing too. But what was rad about it in the first place was to be cool even when people are dicks to you. Downward mobility. Downward mobility for the sake of others' upward mobility. I'm totally going to ride Adam's illustration coattails here. You got, did you, did, how, how many people didn't hear the Savior Machine, Eric Clayton story? A couple few? But most of us dead. Okay. I'll do it quick. Uh, Eric Clayton is this, uh, he's the lead singer of Savior Machine. It's kind of an industrial, well, kind of, it was very uh, much an industrial Christian band and theatrical. Looks a little crazy. Um, anyways, the FBI is like, oh my gosh, that's totally a cult. That has to be a cult. That's a totally cult. Let's, let's nail something to them. And they did this huge, huge investigation and like, oh, yeah, they're terrorists. They hate everybody. And they kept digging and digging. And it's like, oh, crap. They're good people. And they couldn't nail anything to them. So they kept on digging and digging. It's like, we've spent a lot of money. we got to find something. And so they found her, uh, Eric's wife. Uh, was she a paraplegic or car accident? Severely de uh, physically disabled uh, through an accident. And... Basically, she didn't do her taxes right one year. So they're like, oh, sloppy paperwork. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put her through the ringer. See these terrible people? <laughs> I mean, in hell they reserve, they use this one room for sloppy paperwork, paperwork people and Hitler. You know? Seriously, I mean, how retarded is that? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's dumb. But they, it was there. It was something. And they could nail it to her, and they did. And they sentenced her to tons of community service. 
Now, what did Eric do? He said, wait, can I do the community service? Take her out of this. Just let me do it. And Judge is like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Now imagine the prosecutors and stuff. You're like, oh, dang it. That makes them even cooler. Please, press, don't find this out. <laughs> or my bosses or anything. This just makes me look dumber and dumber. That was downward mobility. That's awesome. I mean, they had natural choices. A, choice A, do the community service. For her to do the community service. Choice B, not do the community service and just basically avoid the cops and the government and everybody for the rest of their lives. Natural choices. But there's choice C. There's choice third way. I mean, I mean they're A... I mean, I mean, natural choices are fight or flight. We don't have to do that all the time. Jesus gives us another way, and it's unnatural. There's this other verse that says, when we are cursed, we bless. And right after that, it says, we become the scum of the earth. It's where we get our name. We do things the third way. We do things unnaturally. We are downwardly mobile to make this world better. So friends, whether you're a wife in a marriage, whether you're a husband in a marriage, whether you're a dude at work, whether you're a girl at work, wherever, how can you make things cooler for everybody? By giving away your rights, by doing it on purpose. Being unnaturally rad. I'm going to leave it there. I love you guys. I've been freaked out about this sermon for a couple weeks. I'm hoping that you can lean into this wherever you are. Whether it's, I mean, expect you to jump in head first into the deep end of this is. Maybe a tall expectation, but try. What's just a little bit more? Or can I be just a little bit less of a douche canoe? (laughs) Yeah, be creative with that. I love you guys. Thanks.